60 or thereabouts. But here Solomon is, young and dumb and full of vinegar, like we used to be when we were invincible and knew everything. But he realized that there is so great a nation, and he has probably witnessed several of the great deeds that his father, King David, had accomplished and had done, and some of his not-so-great deeds that he witnessed. But Solomon, in order to fulfill the role of king, he goes to Gibeon. Now, Jerusalem, David had brought the ark down and had a tent or a tabernacle, but the tent of meeting was in Gibeon, about seven miles northwest of Jerusalem, where Moses had set up a tent, a tent where he met God. And you know the story in Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy where Moses uh, goes in and meets God and had to put a veil over his face because the, the Shekinah glory was on him when he went in and talked to God face to face. So Solomon goes up to Gibeon and he sacrifices a thousand burnt offerings. And in, in those days, uh, many of the Hebrews thought that, hey, if something comes to us, it's going to come to us through a dream or vision. And of course, you know the book of Joel that Peter quotes when the day of Pentecost has fully come and says, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions, uh, and I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So. Solomon goes up and offers a thousand burnt offerings. And then he goes in and sleeps for the night. And God came to him. And when God came to Solomon, the first word out of God's mouth was ask. A-S-K. Ask what I shall give you or what I shall do for you. Well, let me remind you that before petition comes praise. So if you are going to do like I have routinely done off and on for 60 plus years, 68 years, I want to go in my prayer closet and say, God, forgive me for this. God, give me this. God, touch my neighbor. God, heal this person. And go in and empty myself of all my petitions. But let me remind you, we should follow the pattern of praise before petition. And if you want to intercede for your family, for your church, for your nation, for a job promote, whatever you are interceding for, you must first consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself, die daily is what the word says. So I said all that to say when God said ask, Solomon said, 
God, you have been so merciful to my father, King David, and have given him so great a people to watch over. I am just barely an adult because a Hebrew was not an adult male until they were 20 years old. A priest could not minister until they were 30 years old. So here Solomon is, barely old enough to vote, he's king. And he says, God give me wisdom that I may know how to rule this great nation, this great people that's your nation, that's your people. And of course, you know the story that God gave him wisdom more than anybody before him and after him, the word says. And not only did he give him what he asked, God gave him what he didn't ask. God said, because you haven't asked for a long life, the heads of your enemies, wealth, all these other things, because you have asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom more than anybody before or after. But I'm also going to give you wealth, I'm going to give you peace, give you victory over your enemies. You're going to have health, wealth, long life if you will follow my commandments. So later on in Solomon's life, when he's young and dumb and humble, God gave him wisdom, which he had asked for. And the word says that Solomon wrote over I don't know, a thousand psalms or proverbs, all these different uh, psalms and wise sayings. And they put them in some books, proverbs. I think in chapter 10 through 15, there may be over 200 proverbs. Uh, the godly do this, the ungodly do this, the righteous do this, the unrighteous do this, the wise do this, the foolish do this. We're going to read some of those here in just a minute. But uh, so here's Solomon who gets godly wisdom. And let me tell you, uh, I was with Blount County School. Uh, I, I tell people I had one-year one experience 43 times. So every year was a different year and a different year of experience. But in public schools, you have to be you have to be wise in order to get out the biblical principles. And you can talk about the Lord's my shepherd if it's your testimony or that type thing, but you have to be cautious and be full of wisdom. Now, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any man or woman lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all. Giveth wisdom to all liberally. Not that we're liberals, but he giveth liberally uh, to us his wisdom. And I think... I used to tell my kids, hey, it's not against the law to be kind. It's not against the law to be nice. 
not against the rules. You can do this to be kind. You could, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the, all the different things that come with us, with it. And, but also, I realize that I'm totally dependent upon God. And it's not my ability. It's not my righteousness. It's my availability and His righteousness. So, you don't have to wear a hat that says, I'm a Christian. You don't have to have a bumper sticker, but you can. But whatever's inside will come out, come outside. And, and of course, we studied in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. So, uh, as we read about these Proverbs, we have an inheritance, and that's, uh, we'll read that verse in chapter 13, verse 22, that says that a good man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. And that inheritance that you leave is not always houses and land and gold and jewelry and money and physical, tangible assets. The inheritance you leave is that of being faithful, having a godly prayer life. You can leave your prayers to your kids and grandkids. You can leave a godly life, a good name. You can leave a positive example, a wonderful example to your kids and grandkids. You can leave them many cherished memories. I have so many memories of my mother and my father and of my grandparents those type of things, they left me that godly inheritance. So when you leave for your children and grandchildren, leave that inheritance to them that you were faithful and you were fruitful. So here we go. Proverbs chapter 10. There first. Chapter 10, verse 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Now, if you go over to chapter 15, we're going to go through chapter 15, verse 33, but in chapter 15, verse 20, the word says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Wow, let me tell you, many things not often repeated are soon forgotten. I had to be told time after time 
after time to do what I was supposed to do by my mom, by my dad. And sometimes I wanted to please my mother, so I'd clean up my room. So, hey, mom, come in here and look at this. How much more should I want to please my heavenly father and do what I should without him telling me to do it? But he tells me in his word time and time again. So the word says in verse 2, Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. Skip on down to verse 9. He says, He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Shall be known. Verse 12, well, verse 11 says, The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covers all sins. You know where else it says that love covers a multitude of sins in the Bible? How about 1 Peter 4 and 8? So let me tell you, the Bible interprets the Bible, and when you're reading the Bible in earnest, just the four of you, you and the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and you're reading the Bible, and you're saying, Lord, give me wisdom liberally that I may understand it, that I may put it in my heart that I might not sin against God. Let me put your word, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable with you, Lord. You're my strength and you're my redeemer. See, I like last last word. That's Psalm 19 verse 14 or 14 verse 19. Anyway, it's the last verse in that in that psalm. So when you're studying and when you're reading this wisdom Psalm chapter 90 says Lord let me apply wisdom to my heart that I may know how to go and know how to do so apply this wisdom to your heart now the wisdom of God the knowledge of God, the word says the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom is the fear and the reverence of the Lord. It says that multiple places. Proverbs in chapter one, Proverbs maybe chapter nine, I think, when that sister Beverly gave us two weeks ago. Verse 13 says, In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. How many times has my dad not spared the rod on me? And I turned out, well, I think I turned out okay. But Proverbs, it says, hey, if you apply wisdom to your heart, if you will walk in wisdom, if you will ask for that wisdom, if you will chase the wisdom, 
chapters 8 and 9 that we had two weeks ago. Verse 14 says, Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Verse 20, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want or lack of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. So as you go on through chapter 10, it finishes up in verse 32 and says, The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness or perverseness. Chapter 11, verse 2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. So the word says, humble yourselves therefore unto the almighty God, he will exalt you in due time. You try to exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled. Try to humble yourself, you'll be exalted in due time. So humility is a great characteristic to leave your children, to leave your grandchildren as part of their inheritance. Skip on down to verse 12 and 13, which talks about living in the neighborhood. This is Proverbs chapter 11. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. How many times when I talk with someone, one of you all, that, Brother Derek, while you're talking, I'm not paying attention to what you're saying. I'm trying to frame what I'm going to say to you. I don't need to do that. I need to pay attention to what Derek's saying to me so that I can responsibly and with wisdom answer. So, to be a good neighbor, who's your neighbor? You know the Good Samaritan story in Luke. But to be a good neighbor is to hold your tongue. And boys, it's difficult for me to do. But I need to be told that again and again through the word, through examples. And we learn from bad judgments, we learn good judgments. Verse 14 says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Verse 16, 17, and 18 says, a gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. And sometimes that strong is not muscle strong but it's 
completeness, its strength of knowing when to speak and when not to speak and knowing what to say and what not to say. A lot of times just being there is the answer. You don't, when you don't know what to say, don't do like I do and say something to fill the void. Say nothing. I need to follow Jesus' example. When he was falsely accused, he answered nothing. But when they spoke the truth, he said, you said it. Are you a king? Yes, I am. King of the Jews. You're a wine bibber? He answered nothing. You're a blasphemer? He answered nothing. When they accused him falsely, he answered nothing. So when people accuse me or accuse you falsely, don't answer them. The Holy Ghost will give you the wisdom to speak that appropriate word at the appropriate time. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his flesh, his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. You know a biblical principle is you're going to reap what you sow. So keep sowing those good seeds. Keep sowing good seeds. Keep sowing good seeds. Some of it's going to fall on good ground. Some of it's going to fall by the wayside, but keep sowing those good seeds. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Sow righteousness, Proverbs says. Sow righteousness. S-O-W. Verse 19 says, As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Verse 20, They that are of a forward or perverse heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. I need discretion. I need discernment. I need to pay attention to what the Holy Ghost is saying to me. Have you ever missed it? I have. I've been at McDonald's. Holy Spirit said, hey, go over here. What? I don't know them. Holy Ghost said, one time said, gives brother so-and-so a $100 bill. And I said, he's got more money than I do. Obedience is better than sacrifice because even though you don't know and in your carnal vernacular, you think, is that just me or is that the Holy Spirit? If you act on what the Holy Ghost says, it will be correct. Let's go to the end of chapter 11. Well, I need to get verse 25. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. You want to have your needs met? Pray for the needs of others. Your needs will get met. How many have tried that and know it's true? I have. 
if I will quit worrying about Steve, start worrying about others, start praying for others, my needs get met. If you water, you're going to be watered also. The liberal soul shall be made fat. Verse 28 says, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. The fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. I'm going to pause right there for a minute because the tree of life is mentioned in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 2 that when God expelled Adam and Eve, well, before he expelled them, there was a tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And then, of course, when he kicked them out, he put cherubims with flaming swords protecting that tree of life. The tree of life shows up again in Revelation chapter 2 and also twice in Revelation chapter 22. So I'm going to put my note right there and hopefully I won't lose that. But I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 2. Chapter two. And like I say, the tree of life is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, in the Garden of Eden, guarded by cherubims after Adam and Eve were expelled in Genesis 3, 24. And then referenced again in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. And this is part of the church of Ephesus. But he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, go over to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read verse 2 and verse 14. I can get there without throwing everything on carpet up here. So the last book before you get to the index and maps. Revelation 22 verse 2 well let's, we might as well read verse 1 because he talks about the water of life and then he talks about the tree of life. He showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the there was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now go down to verse, what did I say, 14? Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. That city is heaven. 
So, back in Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Now, you can look at that, he that winneth souls is wise, in two ways. One, if you are inspired and impressed by the Holy Ghost, you can win souls. You can have the wisdom of the Holy Ghost to win souls. So, he that winneth souls is wise. Because if I go up to somebody and say, are you saved, young man? And the Holy Ghost ain't in it. I am repulsive. But if it's inspired by the Holy Ghost, you will know when and when not. Because the Bible says that one waters, one plants, one fertilizes, one tills, one does this. But in every case, God gives the increase. I don't save anybody. It's not my job to clean the fish. I just have to be fishermen of men, fishers of men, fishers of women. So he says, he that winneth souls will have the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. The righteous will have that tree of life, of eternal life, and have right to the tree of life in the midst of the garden in Revelation. So now you know what the first of the book says. Now you know what the last of the book says. And now you're getting some of it in the middle. Meat in the middle. All right, chapter 12. First one. I'm going to try to do three chapters in three minutes. Well, you know, a little bit more than three minutes, but not much. Whoso loveth instruction... Loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is a beast or is brutish. You want to be educated in the Word of God because let me tell you, the thing that Satan uses against me is my ignorance of what God's Word is. And is it Hosea that says there's a controversy? Satan will come up here and say, God don't love you. If he loved you, your wife wouldn't have got cancer. If God loved you, this wouldn't have happened to you. This, But there's a controversy. But I've got to keep saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. i got to keep saying, famous last words, Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment I shall condemn, because that's the heritage. That's my inheritance. That's my heritage. Now, does that mean weapons will not be formed against you? No, it says no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No tongue that rises against you in judgment is going going to be able to condemn you. Because your righteousness is in Christ. I, in Christ, can go to the Father and say, Hello, Dad, Abba, Father. Christ in me. I can say, no weapon, Satan, is going to prosper. 
I can say, greater is he that is in me. Christ in me, I can face the world. I in Christ, I can face the Father. So, read Proverbs if you haven't been already. Boy, there's so much to, to get right here. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices he will condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, and but she that maketh a shame is as rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. What Philippians say, chapter 4, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are a good report, think on these things. So as you read through Proverbs, as you read through the Word, as you're in your private devotions, as you're in your prayer closet, praise. Praise Him before petition. Consecrate Him and yourself. Give him the praise. We can go on down. I'm just going to read a few more verses. Chapter 13. Verse 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. And there is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. So your wealth is not necessarily accounted as material goods, houses, lands, gold, silver. It's going to get tarnished. It's going to pass away. The riches that you're going to have is going to be your good name. Your handshake means something. Looking somebody eyeball to eyeball. Being a person of integrity. Being a person that wants to do the right thing. All right, we've already read a wise son made a glad father. All right, skip on over to boys. Let's go ahead and read verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Huh. You want to pray according to God's will? Pray God's word. Because his word is his will. All right, last two verses of chapter 15. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. I need to back up to chapter 14 just so I can read at least this one verse. Verse 12 says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So let me tell you, the 
the way of righteousness is straight and narrow, and few there are that enter therein. Broad is the way, and wide is wide is the way that leadeth to destruction. So if the way seems right, it's not always right. You better season it with the Holy Ghost. You better season it with the Word of God. You better test it with the Word of God. Don't believe what I tell you. Check it out with the Word of God. Check it out and say, huh, it's not what Steve says. It's what God's Word says. Because God's Word is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh by the Father except through Christ. You know Christ is the Word. Just read First John. It talks about the Father, the, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are in agreement. All right, it is now 747, and I wanted to be done by 745, Sister Megan, but I went over a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, next week, Sister Joan, we're going to skip over to chapter 25, and in two weeks, Brian and his spouse will be in room one with Elijah, fire, and faith. Father, thank you for your anointing. I pray in Jesus' name, dear Lord, that you'll forgive me for anything that's not pleasing to you. Anytime I have sinned and gone amiss, dear Lord, help me to repent. I need your fresh fire and your fresh anointing every day, dear Lord. Let me do what is right in your sight according to your word, your will, and your way. In Jesus' name I ask by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Come back next week. Sunday, unless sooner action is needed. <laughs>